0: Welcome to On Leading with Greatness. I'm Jim Salvucci of Guidance for Greatness. This week's installment, we'll just have to disagree to agree, right? Everything I'm saying, you can say it just as good. You're right from your side, I'm right from mine. Bob Dylan. The air in the conference room had grown stifling as the meeting heated up. Marnie certainly had her opinion, but she kept it to herself. As the manager chairing this budding imbroglio, she wanted to remain open and hear everyone out. Now her people were getting agitated. How had she lost control so quickly? Marnie rapidly reviewed the meeting in her head up to this point. Where had she gone wrong? Maybe it was that stubborn openness of hers. She just refused to believe that she always knew best. She welcomed dissent and frequently found much to value in her people's perspectives, and now her all-star team was melting down right in front of her eyes. Voices were rising, and she knew it was time to intervene. Marnie interrupted with a firm, Excuse me, then again louder. On the third try, the room quieted and all eyes turned toward her. Now the room was calm, but the mood was still not. Team members turned it back on Marnie and demanded a decision from her. We're getting nowhere, someone said. Just make the call, Marnie. It was tempting. An easy out and then move on. But she knew it would prove a disaster over time. She would alienate half her people on the spot and would set the whole project up for relentless scrutiny and second-guessing. Every little bump or setback would induce a chorus of I-told-you-sos. No, she would not take the easy out. Instead, she improvised a system for everyone to speak without interruption or immediate rebuttal. No shouting, no insults, no eye rolls. Just a civil discussion, which she closely moderated. As they listened to each other, their team orientation kicked back in. I never thought about it that way, someone muttered. Another grudgingly conceded, I see your point, I guess. Gradually, they hashed out areas of agreement and homed in on a solution. They were quite pleased with themselves and their compromise in the end. Let's call Marnie's approach Disagreeing to Agree. It can go by a variety of names, but it's a powerful move in the leader's playbook. Whether formal or informal, planned or spontaneous, or with individuals or groups, Disagreeing to Agree creates space for discussion and even arguments while insisting on the civil tone and mutual respect that team members deserve and that productive discourse demands. In other words, it allows and even encourages dissent and debate within the bounds of civility. It is also important, as Marty did, to insist that every person speak up. Critically, the leader must encourage careful articulation of disagreements. No mealy mouth opinions or weasel words. Tough but respectful follow-up questions and frank answers are vital to get to the core issues. This is how a team can cut through contention to gain a more complete picture of complex problems to garner diverse perspectives, and to develop creative solutions. So how does disagreeing to agree work? First, by involving everyone equally, Marnie tapped into the mastermind principle. Masterminds are group consultations where well-meaning and knowledgeable people grapple with issues together in a spirit of trust and openness to solve one participant's dilemma. Within that structure, ideas flow that individuals would never conjure on their own. Disagreeing to agree uses a similar structure but focuses on a team or organizational issue. Both masterminding and disagreeing to agree work best in an environment of shared purpose and cooperation, not competition where someone must lose for someone else to win. Since both scenarios are collaborative, no one wins unless everyone wins. And what's the prize? The best decision slash solution slash direction for all. Second, disagreeing to agree requires all participants, including the leader, to check their egos. As the leader, Marnie valued everyone's views equally, including her own. Otherwise, the entire enterprise collapses. In fact, the most effective leaders will, as Marnie did, refrain from weighing in too soon or at all so as not to put a thumb on the scale. The regular practice of ego checking is great for the team as a whole as well as for individual members, so any opportunity to practice it should be most welcome. Moreover, the more one practices ego-checking, the easier it is. Call it swallowing pride, practicing humility, or as I prefer, stuffing your ego in a sack and tossing it in the river. Ego-checking is a core skill of great leaders who seek to serve the greater good. Lastly, by regularly disagreeing to agree, Marnie helped build mutual trust and esteem into her team culture. In any organization, no matter how healthy, friction will occur, and the larger the organization, the more opportunity for discord but a culture that encourages tolerance and unity ensures collaboration, productivity, and problem-solving across the board. Not only does such a culture eliminate dysfunction and toxicity, but it ensures that everyone has a role, knows their role, and is able and willing to contribute to the best of their ability. The very stuff of healthy teams. Encouraging disagreement in a considered way, disagreeing to agree, does all this and much more. It's one reason why great leaders such as Marty are so much more productive than their counterparts. Marnie wisely elicited her team's finest thinking, not by setting up a zero-sum competition, but by fostering a win-win collaboration. In doing so, she engaged individuals and strengthened the whole so that they could rise to be so much more than the sum of their parts. Marnie and other great leaders must demonstrate the strength, the tenacity, and the courage to actively allow and even advocate for responsible and civil dissent disruption, and debate. Great leaders do not flinch from difference, disapproval, or dispute, and know that even the unreasonable may hold tremendous promise. Simply put, great leaders are masters of the art of encouraging their teams to disagree to agree. I'm sure we can all agree on that, right? Have you ever participated in a disagree-to-agree exercise or similar practice to reach a consensus? Or are the results? Leaders need to develop and master many tools for building and maintaining effective teams, and I can help. If you want to join the movement to guide young bosses to be the next generation of great leaders, visit guidanceforgreatness.com. Join the conversation by leaving a comment and leave a like or review. If you know someone who enjoyed this essay, please share it. Thank you to all my subscribers. If you are not yet a subscriber, be sure to sign up to have a Leading with Greatness weekly to your inbox. I look forward to hearing from you.